Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today I want to be giving you guys a little bit of training about some um, easy seed saving tools that you might already have laying around because with spring definitely here, um, even though as I'm looking outside I can see snow on the mountains here along the Wasatch Front, living at an altitude does have some challenges. But for a lot of you, seed saving is starting to come to the front of your mind. Um, there's lots of plants that are producing very well, especially for those of you in the southern states. So now's a perfect time to start thinking a little bit about seed saving. And I know that one of the challenges new seed savers often face is thinking that you need to invest in a bunch of stuff to save seeds from the garden, when in fact you can use things that you probably already have kicking about at home, and that's what I want to talk about today. So before I kind of get into it a little bit, um, I want to kind of talk about some of the reasons why we need to save seed. And I know that if you are a regular listener, you will probably have heard um, some of the other episodes that I have done about um, seed saving. But some of the main reasons that come up are saving money, preserving diversity, seed security, having a consistent quality of seeds, and also adapted plants. And I just want to kind of um, read to you a quote that was on um, a cup of tea that I had at work the other day. And it just kind of really inspired me to um, help do this episode. And it said, all the flowers of all the tomorrows are in the seeds of today. And that was just kind of beautiful the way that it summed up sort of how I felt about seeds and why I want to encourage you, um, you know, as you're listening to think about saving seeds. So let's talk a little bit about why save some seeds, okay? Because there's lots of different reasons, but I just want to talk about um, some of the main ones. So saving money, preserving diversity, having seed security and consistent quality of seeds and adapted plants. So seed saving, you know, helps save money, right? It really helps to reduce the cost of gardening. Seed packets are incredibly expensive now and buying them every year can make your garden a pricey hobby, right? Saving seeds means that you don't have to keep buying them anymore. And saving seeds also means that you can preserve a historical or an heirloom variety um, or just save seeds from a variety that is growing in the garden. It's the diversity of plants that brings strength to our gardens, right? We're more likely to get a harvest from something if we grow different varieties and lots of vegetables, herbs, flowers and fruits than we are of just one single thing or a monocrop in the garden. Over the years, hundreds of wonderful plant varieties have been discontinued um, as the seed industry has changed. So if you were to save your own seed, right, this is where seed security comes in, right, you're controlling the supply and you can be assured that your favorite variety is not going to be discontinued. I can't tell you the number of times that I've looked in a catalog and I am kicking myself, you know, a few years later. I was like, ah, I wish I'd bought that variety. I wish I'd gotten it because they no longer, you know, carry that seed. And, you know, there's various reasons why a company is not going to, um, you know, keep that seed primarily 
probably is because um it wasn't selling like gardeners were not interested in it and it wasn't profitable for the business to keep maintaining it so they discontinued it um saving seed however really is freedom to grow and actively create your future and the future of those that you love Let's talk about consistent quality next um, because I'm really meaning that you can select plants that you're saving seeds from and you can control how the seeds are stored, how they're kept and how they're shared locally, right? I Again, I can't tell you how many times I grow seeds from a packet and they've either got really rubbish germination, right? They're, they're really not very good. Maybe they weren't stored right during shipping, for example, or, um, you know, I've run into problems where I sow the seed and something I wasn't expecting grew like a totally different tomato than what was on the packet or um, I once grow um, grew a row of broccoli and a turnip um, sprouted up in the middle of the row so I know it wasn't like a seed that I'd accidentally planted in there um, you know the, a turnip seed was mixed up in the packet and that probably happened you know during you know the filling of the packet right the machinery that's used to do that probably wasn't cleaned out beforehand and um you know broccoli and turnip seeds look very very similar um but you know when you're saving your own seeds and you're kind of keeping them together you're labeling them you're saving them like you're really starting to control that um quality that you're seeing and you're also you know saving seed from plants that you really like you know you're doing um some level of selection so maybe you're growing um and saving seeds from you know the biggest varieties i don't know let's say the bigger tomatoes that are growing on your plant or the bean pods that have like more seeds per pod right you're making those choices and you're selecting those plants based on things that you want to see in your garden which is kind of the exciting thing for seed saving for me and lastly, adapted plants. So I'm talking about those plants that have adapted to your garden and to your region. That first time that you grow a plant, the genetics to help it grow in your garden are there and they're passed to the seeds. And each time you save and grow those seeds and grow them out again and save the seeds again, your plants are becoming more and more adapted and stronger and they're growing to your garden and how you as a gardener grow, right? This is how land-raised seeds start to be developed. And if you want to know more about land-raised seeds, then definitely check out the previous episode that I did all about land-raised seeds because I think there's so much potential there even as a home gardener to be um, creating your own varieties um, and having things that grow well in your area and in your region and every time that you're buying seeds to grow you're basically starting back at the beginning and who really knows where your seeds in the packet were grown sure the company that you're buying them from might be from Oregon or they might be from California or they might be from Virginia but the seeds that they're growing might be coming from from Iowa or they might be coming from Illinois or they might be coming from Maine they might they're coming from different regions now so, some areas have like local co-ops and collectives where they're kind of partnering and growing locally um, but 
a lot of them are not and you know there's even kind of talks along the seed community about um, seeds being grown outside of the US and being sold into US cons- uh, consumers so there's there's a lot of things that are kind of happening within the seed industry and you can avoid all of that really by saving seeds out of your garden so let's talk about the tools okay now the first thing that you're going to need when it comes to harvesting seeds is a good pair of cutting tools right we want things to dry off in the garden as much as possible when we're planning on harvesting our seeds and we're going to need some tools to help harvest those dry seeds so it's really important to have a good good pair of scissors and a good pair of hand pruners right a steady pair of kitchen scissors they're great for cutting off small delicate stems of flowers things like calendula aka pot marigolds uh, zinnias marigolds as well as harvesting seeds from herbs like chive basil and lavender right pair of scissors great however your scissors are not going to help with tougher stems so this is where your trusty pair of secateurs or hand pruners are going to come in right because they're going to be able to cut you know these tough dried stems that are full of seeds right so i use hand pruners all the time for big stems like rhubarb and swiss chard beets winter squash oh my goodness yeah i could not you know a knife sometimes comes in handy for winter squash trying to uh, cut the fruit from the vine um but things like you know spinach and even tough stems like kale and cabbage and broccoli and other brassicas when they start to seed and then they dry out my goodness those things get like tougher than old boots to try and cut and you know there's even varieties of kale that we use as walking sticks they're that tough so you need a really good pair of hand pruners okay and most gardeners have got these tools um around in the garden um although as i look outside today after it's been raining i saw that i left my Uh, hand pruners and um, secateurs outside so I'm gonna have to really clean them up and um, give them a a good um, dose of um, oil to uh, help bring them back up so um, don't make the mistake that I did guys Um, you know put your tools back after you've finished with them let's talk a little bit about labeling um, because it's you know a good a good um thing to keep in mind as we start on our seed saving journey that um you want to make sure you've got the tools for labeling because a lot of seeds often look very similar um so you want to make sure that you've got things like permanent markers pens pencils all that sort of stuff and something to write on so you can keep track of which variety of is which right and um you know even with seed packets right as you've been kind of putting seeds into your hands have you really noticed how how alike some of them are and you know i talked earlier about the broccoli and the turnip well all of the brassicas really so kale mustard broccoli cabbage tatsoi bok choy all of those they all look really 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 alike and if you do not label your containers you're not going to know what you have um, in terms of the actual plant let alone the variety Um, and I mean I'm getting older now and my memory ain't 
ain't quite there what it was when I was in my um, early 20s. Um, but even so, I would not remember all the varieties that I had. So it's really, really important to, to label. Um, I really like permanent markers and I really like masking tape actually because it's really easy to see. Um, but there's other ways to, to label stuff. So like masking tape on, you know, a jar or on a bag or, um, you know, whatever I've got the seeds in, it's, it's easy to, to kind of do. Um, and you're not kind of running around trying to find where all your labels and stuff are. Um, and I don't like to label lids of things because, um, I kind of got into the habit of that when I, worked in the um, the OTC industry um, you always labeled the jar not the lid um, because lids can get mixed up so I always like to label the jar so um, I was taught quality early in my career and I like to stick to it now so let's talk about um, you know letting your plants dry out because that's really what we want when we're saving seeds we want the plants to flower we want them to produce the seeds and we want to let the seeds really dry outside um, because that's where the plants are going to fully develop in the garden because the plant's still growing as those seeds are maturing like the last bit of you know the life is kind of going out into those seeds to help um you know um propagate a new generation and um you know, we can't always let the seeds dry outside. Um, I mean, those of you that are living at altitude or you have a really short growing season, you guys um, may, may know that sometimes frosts are coming and they're coming a lot sooner than you expected. Um, maybe you've got a really small garden and you need to make space for something else to grow um, in there. And uh, there's a number of reasons that, you know, we can't let seeds dry out um, you know, in the space that we're letting them grow. Um, but don't be disheartened. And I've got a little nifty trick um, to help help with this. And my trick is, if your plant is about 50% or more of the fruits and the seeds, then you can pull up the whole plant, roots and all, like pull the whole thing up and uh, you can bring it inside. You want to brush off a little bit of the soil um, so it's not like dropping all over the house, right? But brush off some of that soil and bring that whole plant in. And then you want to turn it upside down and hang it somewhere in a cool, dry area and the seeds are going to mature. The plant is going to be pushing that last bit of its energy into those seeds and they will mature, right? And this is a really, really cool trick. Um, there was a lady that I um, got some seeds from through the Seed Savers Exchange and she was growing at an altitude too. She was out in Colorado and um, she'd given some seeds to a lady who was growing at like some crazy um, amount of feet above sea level. I want to say it was like 9,000 feet above sea level. It was pretty high. And um, that, that was exactly how she was able to save seeds each year was she was pulling up that whole plant, even the roots, even for things you know, like beans, um, and she was bringing it all inside, letting them dry, and she was still getting viable seed um, to grow 
and use the next year so that's a really cool little trick and like i said you can use it for um you know if you've got a small garden and you're wanting to get more plants in to to grow for food right that's why we're all here we want to grow a garden that is producing food for us and our families um so there's a lot of plants that do well with this pull-up method right um drying beans runner beans tomatoes peppers lettuce mustard kale marigold and arash or mountain spinach these are the plants i've personally had success with right pulling these up and curing them inside and you know i live at an altitude too and you know seasons and weather can fluctuate quickly and this method really is a great way to get a seed harvest of adapted plants without losing them to frosts because once that frost comes in your seed viability can be hit and miss but there's lots of other plants that this works for too and you can hang the plants on a nail or on a hook or something um kind of like um you know if you're kind of curing garlic or um onions and stuff inside you know somewhere cool and dry um or you can just kind of prop them up into a container um so things aren't going to be you know dropping everywhere so i've got these like big plastic flexible truck things and sometimes i'll just kind of upend the seeds into a truck um because the seeds you know do kind of fall out the plant at some point and at least there's a way to capture them so they're not going all over the floor buckets work great like five gallon buckets if you can get your hands on some of those um maybe you've been buying things in bulk or you've got a serious paint project coming up right five gallon buckets myriad of uses on a homestead including making a worm farm um which i am um still working on i'm still working on worm farming folks and for those of you that that don't know i have had a lot of trouble with um worm farming over the last five years that i have been kind of homesteading here in the suburbs i've not quite managed it but i've seen people have like really great success with worms and um especially on on youtube there's some really great um you know uh urban kind of worm farming and worm composting things on there i've just not quite figured out um the the tricks yet but i will soon i perseverance that's uh, the mark of a, a good homesteader is keep trying anyway back to seed saving um i really like trucks and buckets right and the reason is i can cut the seed heads off those plants after they're dry and then i can thresh the seeds so i can bash those seed heads around in the truck or in the bucket and and it knocks those seeds out of the pods and um you know that's basically what threshing is it's where we want to remove the seeds from the husks or the pods and other parts of the plants and um you know the other thing with trucks and buckets and stuff is you know you can use them to pull in stuff as you're harvesting it out the garden as well just not with the seeds in it at the same time all right now i use a myriad of weird and wonderful tools for um harvesting and drying seeds um and one of my favorites are paper grocery bags yep you heard me right paper grocery bags um seed heads right we do the same thing so after they're kind of drying out um i kind of chop the roots and stuff off and i just kind of stick them into the paper bag and they keep drying out 
in the basement because it's cool and it's dry and the great thing about the paper bags is it's not kind of keeping moisture um in you know the the bag so if i used a plastic bag like the moisture can't escape whereas in a paper bag it can and um you know all of these kind of seeds are able to dry out and i use this for so many different plants i'll use it for um Oh goodness, I've used it for salsify, scorsonera, um, obviously kale. I've been working on a lot of kale projects over the last couple of years. I've been trying to save seed from kales that overwinter without any protection, um, even in the snow here in Utah, so I can have a really solid uh, kale that'll grow outside without any protection. Um, so I have a lot of kale seeds kicking about, um, but also, you know, it's really good for, you know, other kind of bigger seeds or things that have got like a lot of stem like lettuce. And, you know, they're easy to use because once you've got your seeds dried out, you can just pull them out of that paper grocery bag, spread them on an old bed sheet or a tarp, and then you can walk on them to remove the seeds from the pods or you can, you know, go back to the bucket in the truck and beat them around so the seeds fall out. Um, the other thing I like about paper grocery bags is they're recyclable, they're compostable, and you you can even use them as a sheet mulch in the garden to block weeds. So I really love paper grocery bags um, for so many reasons. Um, some other tools that I use to save seed, and you can too, are the same as the grocery bag, but on a smaller scale, is brown paper sandwich bags. These are great for putting um, seed heads like so you, if you're um, out in the garden and you happen to notice um, I don't know let's say dill the dill head has started forming seeds you can just you know pop your brown paper sandwich bag over the plant turn it upside down and you know snip that whole head um, off the plant and then just let it dry in that brown paper sandwich bag um, you know I love going around the garden with paper sandwich bags and I'm just kind of chopping off like heads that are almost fully dry um into the bags and then you can just write on the paper bag what it is and the year <laughs> um if you remember the variety put the variety down but yeah you can just kind of put them in there and then leave them in those for a couple of weeks to dry out um, other things that I like to use, paper towels or kitchen paper. This is really good for wet seeds, so things like tomatoes, cucumber, or even squash, especially if you don't have the time to ferment and, and wet process the seeds. And if the seeds are just going to be for you to grow, like, does does it really matter if they're fermented and stuff? Not necessarily. I've had great germination doing this. I've got, you know, bits of paper towel that have got tomato seeds smeared all over them and that's literally what you do you just scoop out those wet seeds and you just smear them across the paper towel like right on the paper towel what the plant is and the variety and just let them dry out on there and to plant them again you just kind of peel peel them off the um the kitchen paper or you can kind of tear off a, a little square and just plant that um 
you know, in the UK, I've seen people do it on toilet paper. Um, although you probably don't want that like really thin toilet paper because it's just going to disintegrate. Um, but you know, that was kind of how some of the old timers were growing stuff in the allotments, um, was, was just using, um, seeds that they were pulling off on a bit of toilet paper or kitchen paper. Um, you know, so, uh, just, just a little tip there. Um, Another great seed saving tool are coffee filters. These are really great for drying. You can write directly on the filter and you can just kind of spread your seeds out on um, the, the coffee filter and they're going to... Um, you know, let your seeds dry out. Um, one downside of coffee filters is that they can easily be knocked over, scattering your seeds all over. So put them somewhere where they are not going to get um, knocked over. Like just walking past them can sometimes knock them over and definitely don't put them somewhere where a fan is. Um, and then you find that your um, coffee filters have fluttered all over the room and your seeds are now scattered all over the house and you have no idea what they are um don't ask me how i know this <laughs> all right let's talk about um some other slightly sturdier tools than a um a coffee filter and that is um aluminium uh pie dishes and paper plates um, so they make a really good way to hold bigger seeds. Um, I use these kind of things for things like fava beans or broad beans because um, I really want them to be super dry before um, they go into storage. And old plates or bowls, they you know, ones that you can pick up at the thrift store, those come in really handy for drying seeds too. They're also harder to knock over or move than a coffee filter. And, um, you know, you can do the same thing. You could put a little bit of masking tape, you know, on the container so you know what it is um, and you're not going to be forgetting whereas you know you can write directly on the coffee filter and I use all of these tools for seed saving um, actually I'm pretty sure I drive my husband nuts because he's like what what's in this container is it garbage I'm like no it's my seeds just leave my seeds alone <laughs> it's good to label your seeds and maybe let other people in your household know hey don't throw these away these aren't garbage they're my seeds um let's talk a bit about seed storage because um you you really want to take care of your seeds and you will find as you are saving seed and growing it from your garden you are going to be having better germination than what you are from seeds that you have bought and you want to be keeping um seeds dry and cool because there's three things that affect how long your seeds are going to last for and that's air moisture and temperature so air is like the amount of oxygen and stuff that they're getting because seeds are living they are living organisms and they do die off so their viability and their ability to germinate and grow does start to die off in fact there's a university um here in the u.s and i can't for the life of me remember which one it is but they've been doing this study for almost a hundred years of seeds that have been buried on the campus grounds and they're every year or every like 20 years 10 to 20 years they're like pulling out seeds and doing germination tests on them and seeing if they're growing so seeds are remarkably resilient but you know 
they do need certain um, things to be somewhat controlled for the best germination rate. Because if you think about what does a seed need to grow, it's warmth, it's water and it's air. So we want to do the opposite to store our seeds. And that's why things like plastic bags or plastic containers are really only temporary storage for seeds because they let air and moisture in. I know it doesn't look like they do, but they do over time. Now, um, I want to, um, you know, let you know that there are other uses for mason jars on the homestead than canning. And I know so many gardeners and homesteaders have mason jars kicking about because, you know, canning season is coming and it's going to be coming around, what, uh, August so what three months from now (laughs) it's not far away um but you know they make such great seed storage containers too they keep the air and the moisture out that's how they preserve the food that we're canning and the other great thing is pests can't get into them if you're storing seeds in like a shed or a crawl space or something like that now if you don't have any mason jars no problem start saving food jars with metal lids from um the grocery store you know like use them for condiments or use the ones from condiments right um clean out and dry your jars thoroughly um but you can totally reuse old jars for seed saving and actually this is how most of my seeds are jarred jarred stored oh my goodness i can't talk this morning um but this is really how most of my seeds are stored they're in old glass jars that i've saved from sauces condiments pickles um because my mason jars are you know full of food that i've preserved and you know last year was kind of crazy getting hold of mason jars and lids and stuff um but you know bigger containers obviously hold more seeds so you know if you're saving bigger seeds like beans and stuff then maybe you want bigger jars and if you've got smaller seeds then you know use the smaller jars um you could ask friends or family for you know jars and the lids right just run them through the dishwasher to give them a good clean and then let them thoroughly dry right it's really important that they're dry i really like the metal lids because they hold up better and they actually let in less air and moisture than those plastic lids um and you know i keep my seeds in the coolest part of my basement and i just grab the jars of the plants that i want to start growing pop them in a in a basket because i'm kind of obsessed with baskets on on the homestead and i just take the jars out to where i want to start growing and you know just start sowing the seeds straight from the jar but it's really important that your seeds are thoroughly dry before you put them into the jar some people put little um silicon uh, silica desiccants in with the jars um i haven't um i just kind of you know let them kind of stay in those paper bags a little bit longer to make sure that they're super dry um before i go ahead and put them in the jar now there's a couple of tips to succeed when it comes to seed saving on your homestead and the first is really keep it simple right label your plants with the variety um you know when you're harvesting and curing your seeds so you know what they are and you don't get them muddled up um and use what you have for drying and collecting seeds you really don't need super fancy equipment um 
I really like to use a tracker or keep a record of what I'm doing because, you know, when things start to get going in the garden and canning season shows up, right, things can get really busy and uh, having a tracker or using your journal, right, your gardening journal to kind of keep some seed saving notes um, really kind of helps. Uh, label your jars. I don't know if I mentioned labeling yet. Labeling might be important <laughs> um, and I really want to uh, ring that home for you. But there's so many wonderful resources thanks to the digital age that we're all living in um and you know reach out if you get stuck right gardeners are really a friendly helpful bunch who really want to help others succeed in growing their own food and seed saving for future so if in doubt reach out and with that i hope that you found this training super helpful um you know let me know in the facebook group what is it that you are going to be seed saving this year um i love to hear about your gardens and what it is that's growing and what you're going to be saving from your garden and on your homestead this year so let me know until next time i hope your garden is growing beautifully and i will see you all next week